Good morning. No matter where in the world you might be, thank you for making us part of your day. Don't say we don't do nice things for you. Today is a very, very special show. Let's roll. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. The Highbury Squad is powered by Zenith Coins. Support the future, treasure the past. Official licensed partner of the Arsenal Football Club. Follow at Zenith Coins across all social platforms. Welcome. We are back live and joining me is my podcast brother from another mother, Mr. Super Kev, Super Kevin Campbell. Self, you don't usually get me excited, but I'm excited about this <laughs> one today. I can tell you that much. At ease, squaddies. I hope you're well. At ease. We certainly have a very special show for you. Now, a lot of you listening on replay, I'm sure, because we are not broadcasting at our usual time, but you shift schedules for legends, period. Right, Super Kev? 100%. And if and and this player is one of my favorites, been trying a long time to coerce him to come onto the show. He has a book out, Arsenal and After, um, which he has written with Tom Watt. It's a brilliant book. His career, 447 appearances, won two titles, two League Cups, won the FA Cup, also won a European trophy with this fella. Welcome to the show, Arsenal legend, Mr. Paul Davis. Oh, wow. What an intro. Listen, guys, thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to it. Kevin, wow, it's been a long time, man. It's good to see you looking well. Last time I saw you, Pops, I think was in was at the was at the Emirates, wasn't it? it was. That's the it was last time I saw you. I think it was the season, yeah, maybe the season before last, yeah. But uh, looking well. Yeah. Good to see everybody, and thanks for having me on. Looking forward to this. Can You're you welcome, two Pop. really annoy me. You never age. <laughs> It's highly annoying, by the way, uh, squaddies. Good evening to the usual suspects in the house. They're really excited about this one. Um, Tammy and Newman, absolute legends, two of them. Hello, everyone. Uh, pretty pretty excited about this one, Paul. Uh, the book, The Timing, before I kind of get stuck into a little bit of stuff with you and Kev, why the book and why now? Yeah, it's... um. Well, the thing was, over the years since I finished playing, people have often come up to me, and you know, the fan, fans in particular, you know, Dave, what happened there? Why did that happen? Where, what, what yeah. went on in that situation? And generally, there's there's one or two topics of conversation definitely that fans want to know about. One is the Glen Cockle situation, and they obviously want to know about the wins and how you felt about you know Anfield and Copenhagen and all that kind of stuff and all that is in the book but it's the stuff that you know I haven't really spoken about in the past um I've always kept quiet on, on those sort of situations definitely the Cockrell situation George Graham why I left Arsenal twice um both as a as a as a player and as a coach and there was a little bit of a cloud under the coaching situation which I've explained in the book mm -hmm. so yeah, there's a lot of um, unanswered questions. And one of the other questions really was fans like, what are you doing now? Like, <laughs> no one knows, no one knows. So like, it was like to get all these questions out there and answered in the book in some detail and just honest, honest um, account of what happened to me while I was at Arsenal, my story, 
done in my words with the help of Tom Watt. And also what I wanted to do was add in, you know, the family side, because as Kevin know, you know, the, the pressures of being a footballer, and particularly at Arsenal, I don't think the fans really get that side of it. They don't really get a lot of that information. And I wanted to share some of that as well. And the pressures of trying to stay at the top of a, of a club like Arsenal, of winning. And hopefully we've got into those kind of details that we think the fans uh, would be interested in. And another reason for doing the book, so there's quite a few reasons, which is great. Mm -hmm. and it, we didn't want it just to be just a footballing, you know, I played this game on the 8th of April 19. Not a typical football book, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I wanted to kind of have those stories in there because we had yeah. some success, Kevin, didn't we? So you've got to talk about that. Yeah. Fans want to know about how you felt and what happened, the detail of it. Yeah. But also, there's all these other little side things that happen in your in your career that fans are really quite interested to find about. And that's what fans were asking me about. On top of it, I've followed, you know, I've been in the game for so long, 40, 45 years, 50 years. Um, I've lost count. And um, it's it's my account of my journey as a black player as well. Yeah. I wanted people to know what it was like earlier on and my views on how things have changed, if they've changed, and what we can do. So, yeah, hopefully it covers, it covers all those areas and more. Yeah, that's a wonderful summary. And listen, if I don't ask you this right off the bat, the, the Guna Nation might, you know, um, clobber me. Would you hit him again? Ah, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no? No, no, no. It was a big mistake, big mistake. And I, I talk about it in the book. It was frustration on top of uh, frustration. And, you know, you can't, you can't retaliate like that, regardless of what anyone's done or might have said um it's you know it's not it's not something that you can do on a football pitch and i wouldn't do it again no um but i do believe in looking after yourself if people do try and take a few liberties yeah we did look after ourselves and that was one of our one of our assets as a team you know we 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 we're we different ages and different come from different parts of uh, the country but you know george had that instilled that spirit in us as a team to look after ourselves and each other. So we would have, I would have found another way of looking after myself. I wouldn't have done that. It was, that. it's because Tammy says you, he was Kev, like watching, watching you play football, you, it was like ballet dancing. And, and then, you know, one of our regular listeners, Newman says it was so uncharacteristic. I think, you know, that's, that, that's what was so strange oh, about that's it. that's right. Rock them up, pop. <laughs> Brought them up. Don't around. No, I think yeah, as Kevin Kevin will, will know, you on a football pitch, things happen, but um sometimes when things overstep the mark and you feel as though liberties being taken of you, um but you've got to look after yourself in a different way. I wouldn't, you know, that's not that's not the way to do it. And it, it affected my career without doubt, uh, my reputation. Um I'm not, you know, Kev Kevin knows me, I'm not that type of person it's not i'm not a violent person it's um it's it's something where you snap you know something somebody pushes you and pushes you um and you snap and you make a wrong decision and uh you know it can cost you it did cost me you know i talk about it in detail in the book uh, is it your uh, england career you feel like it costs the most yeah 
Yeah, and the reputation for a while, you know, people couldn't understand, you know, Paul is quiet, he doesn't say much, and this, you know, how does that happen? And you know, people, and you know, the papers at the time, is Kev, I don't know if you remember, is like, remember. on and back. I, mean, I remember. I look, I look back on it Arsenal. Paul, Paul Davis Arsenal front and back. I remember it. For a period of time as well, it was a good few weeks. It wasn't like just one or two days. And I don't know, it was a tough, you know, I can reflect back on it now and talk about it now. At the time, it was, I couldn't really talk about it. I didn't know how to talk about it. And I think, I don't know, I look back now and I think there was some depression going on, you know, some down times. Um, yeah, Kevin know about it, you know, not get picked and being out yeah. of the team and yeah. injured and people, you know, people in the press slagging you off. It's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. And um, hard, yeah. to get through it, you have to be mentally strong. But sometimes when you're mentally strong, other things in your life go. And I talk about that. I talk about how yeah. it affects other, other areas of your life. Relationships. Relationships. Everything. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. Uh, you know, family no, life. I wanted to try and get that into the Well, we have got that into the book and hopefully the fans can, can read about that in detail because that is part of our story. You know? it's, it is important because Kev always talks about when we, you know, go from game to game, Paul, and, you know, he gives us the unique fly on the wall perspective of the player, what's going through his mind at that time, at halftime, before and after. And he always says, and Jack Wilshire was on um, a few months ago, and they were talking about once you put the shirt on and you've got the badge on that chest, some players carry it with, you know, ease, and some players just can't. And some players have these lapsed moments, you know, a little bit like you did in that situation, but we're just a steady, steady, um, mentally strong player for years and years, even overcoming injuries, but coming into the game at like the pivotal right moments where you had an impact on the trophies that that we won as a club. Is there, when you were younger and you, the, your publisher kindly shared this picture with me and then you fast forward it a little bit here um, with family and all you wanted to do was play for Arsenal and carrying the weight of that badge once it came to you wasn't an yeah. issue for you, was it? No, as you say, you know, uh, and Kevin, know, I know all about this. You know, it, the the, the, bird, the stress of playing for such a big club can't be underestimated mm. in any shape. You know, I think I think there is that enjoyment, definitely, without a doubt. You're playing football, and 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 the fans are there with you, but you have that stress of winning, and you've got to stay uh, fit enough to stay within the first team squad. Um, and so that that is the other side of it that, that I don't feel that fans do get. And it's great that you've got Kevin on because he's been there and he can he can share that. And I think that's really what I wanted to do with the book is share those all those moments that the fans enjoy, you know, the winning and the, the cups, but also share those bits that are really they may not think about as much. And once once they start reading them, I think, oh yeah, I didn't realise I didn't realise they have to do that as well. And, and if they struggle with that, or you know, because ultimately we're like we're just in a city. Well, I grew up in in a London. Kev, you were in a London as well, weren't you? Kev? South London, South, South London. Of course, yeah, of course. You're, so, like, you're Brick Stockwell, aren't it? Yeah, I'm Brixton. Stockwell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. Brixton, so, so. so we're in the same. We're coming from the same sort of manner. Same yeah. manner. 
Yeah. And some great pictures there uh, that are in the book uh, of us. Um, yeah, we had a great connection. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I answered your question there. I kind of went round a little bit. Well, no, so. because when I'm showing these pictures, you know, it's so easy. We've been through so much adversity as a club, you know. Um, a lot of us were there, some Generation X Baby Boomer fans, where things weren't going so well in the 80s. Uh, you know, George Graham comes in. You know, we had the success of, of course, the double winners in 71. George comes in, completely changes everything with utter ruthlessness. And, you know, we saw Wenger come in with similar ruthlessness in a different, more modern-esque type mm -hmm. of way. Uh, lost that ruthlessness, you know, probably for the last few years of his tenure. And then Arteta comes in with that same ruthlessness. You just, you're footballers, you just want to play football. So we're fans, we just want to win. And I like the, the juxtaposition of the conversation of when things aren't going well. Um, yeah, and, no. and when you felt that was really for you happening at, at the club. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a great start. So my debut was at 17, you know, really early um, on in, in, in my start of my career. And, and that was fantastic. You know, you make your debut. That's like no one, you know, that's, you'd always remember that. And people always ask you about it. And it's, yeah. you know, one of the you know, one of special the day, isn't it? Special, special day. Special game. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that was I was back in 79 um, and long, long time ago. And. Yeah, I wanted to tell my story because that's a long time ago and I've gone all the way through as a player, as a coach, uh, as a coach developer now with, with with England. So I wanted to kind of tell that story, backstory, that perhaps a lot of people hadn't, hadn't heard about um, and would be interested to about. But yeah, my, my, my start was, was a good one. Early 17 debut against Spurs, beat them 2-1. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so that was like, you know, it was a great start. Um, and I talk about how, you know, how it came about in the book, you know, my feelings going to the game, um, going on to the pitch, and try to give that sort of insight around a player's point of view as well as the actual game itself. In fact, the game, I don't really remember too much. I don't know about you, Kev. I don't remember too much about the game. No, you don't. You don't. You don't. There's, there's certain moments, isn't it, you remember. Oh, but not the, the game now, you don't. And this is where the fans come in, though, Ken. It's yeah. The fans are like, wow. They never forget. Jesus. Yeah. They're like, I'm talking to them, they're telling you everything. So I'm like, it's, it's, like what you, it's like what you're saying, like the juts of it, they kind of remember those kinds, mm -hmm. but you've got other sides of it that you can remember. But I'm glad I'm not the only one, Kevin. I forget a lot of the no, sort of you details. Don't. I, don't, I don't actually forget the game, you know, obviously winning the winning games. But Paul, you, wow. listen, we, 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 we played a lot of games. And there's a lot of there's a lot of things that is gonna go past. But the, the one question, one of the questions I wanted to to ask you, so you could relay it across. I, I don't know whether you've got it in the book. Um, is when you when you're at Arsenal, when you're going for success, because when you when you've suffered tough times, when you came in, you know there were tough times at Arsenal, and then when you start to get successful. The amount of pressure that is on the players to perform because Arsenal's a huge club, and I don't think the fans actually re realize how much pressure is on the players to perform. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah no. so, 
you do feel it you do feel it and yeah you're right when i came into the into the team at 17 uh we'd just come off for the back of sort of three fa cup final mm-hmm. um appearances appearances yeah yeah so we we um and we won one of them but in the league we weren't anywhere near winning the league so um we won one of those three fa cup final appearances late 70s early and 80s yeah. that's right three two and terry neal was the manager i was just breaking it trying to break into the team there so that was the start of it for me but after those three fa cup final appearances 82 83 84 it was it was bad and the fans weren't having it and it was like a tough time you know as a player trying to break i was trying to break into the team and um we had some experienced players you know rick uh, graham ricks and tony woodcock that 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 sort of group um viv Viv, Viv came, Viv yeah. Came Viv came in. a little bit late, yeah. yeah. So mid, mid, mid eighties, mid eighties. But yeah, um, but the team wasn't producing, you know, and the fans weren't happy. We were getting low fans, like fifteen thousand, you know. Yeah. It was pretty toxic. Yeah, if, it was. I mean, and, people um, talk about the modern team and the difficulties and all that, but you know, if you've been around for a little bit, uh, you remember those those times. Yeah. You know, it just shows you. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's interesting, Paul, is I wanted to put this comment up from um, a good friend of, of our show, um, Lee, uh, who's listening in. Uh, Paul won the fans over after a difficult start. Great mental strength, which shows uh, you had it big time. And a lot of uh, other folks are writing in. Universal Greek, who's uh, a huge, you're, you're his favorite player ever he's talking about your debut and um he he's asking and we'll get onto this subject as well in just a little bit but do you feel like you were underappreciated because in a lot of arsenal fans we did this show last season too and we were like legends who are underrated uh and you fell into that category for quite a few people mm. would you agree or disagree with that yeah i feel i feel um maybe yeah that that's probably true yeah uh, and maybe because of the because of my nature um i'm quite a quiet person i just get on with my work generally speaking uh i, I want the best i work hard uh, i expect the best of others around me but i do it in my own way i'm not screaming i'm not shouting i don't go out looking for publicity it's not my it's not me and i've i felt that very early on you know that's that i saw things that were happening in the club when I first started and, you know, uh, big voices and loud people and, and, and very, very just big, 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 big noises, big personalities. But if you got that, you've got to deliver. And so there wasn't, there, there were a few in the early days that were big characters, but weren't delivering. And I thought, well, you know, what are you shouting about? There's nothing, you've got to be quiet. You're the, you're the one who should be quiet here. So that was my kind of mindset um but yeah i suppose it is true I, I think you know it's just people have a perception um and if you go i feel if you go and do your job quietly efficiently and it, i mean i think it can get overlooked but you know i feel that um, i talk about this all in the book the fans after initial 18 months where you know they 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 
they found it hard to get my game because my game was more of a passing mm. game. I wanted the ball, I wanted to slow the game down. But the team wasn't doing well, and they wanted us to get into tackles and you know win the ball and get the ball forward quickly. That's what that was what I was feeling when I was out there on the pitch. And it took it took me eighteen months. I do remember to kind of uh, start getting the fans over. But the team was going for a bad period as well, you know, in the early eighties, and fans just, just get frustrated. But after those eighteen months, uh, I've had nothing but love from the fans. It's just great meeting them. Because I don't know what you're like meeting fans, but it's just brilliant when they, when they come in. It's the well, passion, the passion that they show for the for the club and for the scum. For the for the players, mm. Paul. One thing I, I I could tell you what I do remember. I remember you won't know this because you know such a long time ago. But as an Arsenal fan, I'm seeing you from South London coming through at Arsenal. Imagine what that, that does for me. I'm a Brixton boy. I'm a kid coming up. I go to my first game in 1977, Pops, and next minute, Paul Davies from South London is playing in the first team at 17. That changed my life. That made me realise I can do it. Yeah. yeah and that's, and never, we've never discussed this. No, we never really I mean. spoke about it. No, no, no. And that's really... That's really a, such an important point, Kevin, because I, I, that was something that I wanted to bring out in the book, and that's in the book, and I've gone into some detail around that because that is such a that is such a, a, a um, such an important story to tell, and I, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad that yeah, like you say, we've never had this discussion, but you know, it's something yeah. that I, you know, we just it's almost telepathic. I know that you thought about it. I know that I thought about it, and I yeah. know that Rocky and and Mickey think Mickey about it. It's just everywhere. yeah, because they're coming. We're coming from that same spot. So there's, there's, there's that connection. And, and what you just said there, Kev, it's like my uh, role model, you could say, for playing football, would have been somebody like Clyde Best, mm -hmm. um, yeah. who played for West Ham in in yeah. in the seventies and eighties. And like you just said there, he was something. He was somebody that I could connect to. That I could see. That looks like me. That, that I, I could just resonate with yeah. and I saw him on match of the day and I thought oh yeah just like you did with me yeah I did with him and so these role model things are really really important and that you know we can't underestimate it and keep just letting people know that we need role models definitely and so no I'm pleased thanks for saying that Kev I think it's really important that, that, that those things are said and so the, the, but, you the know, next generation Pop, next generation will he talks about you all the time Pop, Pop, <laughs> but here's the here's the funny thing though Pops so there I am. Obviously, you're up there for me now. You know what I mean? You're there. And I remember in the six-week holidays, you guys were back at pre-season training. They used to have all the kids come in, uh, schoolboys come in and play games. And there I am, so, squaddies. I'm there at the training ground. Well, I would say small, Kev, but I was always big, I suppose. But there's the first team training that you came through and you, you, you like, Give you know you touch my hand. and I was like that was it, yeah. that was I, it. That I remember, was, yeah. yeah, that was it because yeah. the first team players were accessible for the youngsters. Sometimes yeah. you guys would even come and stand between the hedges and watch the games and stuff like that. Sophie, do you yeah. know what that does for a kid? You got mm. Paul Davison, Woodcock, and all those guys, Viv Anderson. Even for even for 50, 50, 60 seconds, just standing in in between the hedges watching the game, and then they go because they've got a train. That absolutely made meant the world to me, pops. 
And then when I did join, meeting you properly was even better because you put that wing around me. Special. I'm listen. I'm I'm delighted that I'm on with you now because I can <laughs> tell this story. Because yeah. no, it's, it's, it's great. It's great. I've never had the opportunity to tell yeah. you, pops. Yeah. No, that's nice. It's nice to hear. It's nice to hear, and it's nice to have the conversation like this because you know there's there is that kind of connection. There's something that that connects us together, and like the same Rocky and Michael and. Gus and all those guys that have done something at Arsenal, and that we've had, we've got that kind of that core that's that's in us, that and we, we've done there. something, yeah. yeah, and we've done something at a great club that should that should be celebrated and talked about. And now I, me, I remember um, coming when you were coming through, and uh, we kept on hearing, I kept on hearing your name because like Kevin's Kevin's scoring goals, man, in the youth team. Yeah, you score some goals in here. It's only a question of time before you like was breaking through, and sure, sure enough, it was you were there. So I was, I was made up to see you guys because I knew we didn't know each other before, did we? Before no, no we didn't. And um, we just, uh, I mean, I heard of you coming through coming the through. ranks. So Kevin Campbell and I heard, you know the names, Joe Castle and Michael Thomas, and that. I knew you guys were from South London, so I thought, wow, okay, I looked out for these guys. The boys are coming. You know, yeah, the, yeah, boys the boys are coming. Are coming. <laughs> and so if they do come in a team, I just wanted to make sure that they were okay and there weren't any problem. But they could look after themselves. They didn't need me around. Those guys are able to. You guys were able to look after yourself. But it's nice. It. It's nice to have you guys. But the guidance, and, and make it pops. Your guidance. Yeah. Your guidance was incredible. You probably won't even remember certain things, but your guidance pops. Even sometimes where we played in training, and you just said, "Kev, don't go there. Just." Just move to your, just nice and calm. Kev, don't go there. Because I, you know me, I was like Rambo, crash bag wallop. I was everywhere. <laughs> he said, no, Kev, just wait there. Goal just score, sit, in, just sit in between them. Just sit in between them. When I get the ball, then make you run. Yeah. I didn't yeah, need to amazing. go crazy then. Just little things, Pops. Believe you me, you made a big difference to my career, my life. You know what I mean? And I don't call people legends easy. But Pops, you are one big legend for me. Always have been. Thanks, Thanks Totally. And look, you, you guys, um, you know, been working on when we have players on, Paul, you know, to, to hear about your heroes as well. You know, and Kev talks about you and Rocky and the impact that you had on him. And it's uh, Tiffany Campo, who's one of our listeners in the United States, just put, put up, this is how we feel about you. You know, and a lot of the things that make the Highbury squad a little bit different is the nostalgia and the history. And we have a lot of young listeners who are, you know, making comments now about I'm learning a lot about my club. I was born in 98, you know, and I'm and it's so important to keep this legacy going and this legacy alive and tell these stories. And they're such great stories. Winning is fun, isn't it? And as fans, we kind of lost our way a little bit. But I want you to kind of take us through like what it meant to you to be a winner. We've talked about the challenges, winning at the club, you know, playing with the players that you played with, but in particular, you know, the influences, Terry Neal, George Graham. We just want to win again and be competitive in the Premier League. Yeah. And we've seen you guys do it. What What is that like as a, as a what was it like for you? Yeah, yeah, when, yeah, like we said earlier on, a club like Arsenal, that is the expectation. And, like we're just talking about 
you know, when we were younger at Arsenal. And that's, that's, how, that's how it was when he was 17, playing against in the, uh, in the Southeast Counties, it was called then, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, even then it's about winning. It's about, you know, you've got to beat your Tottenham. It's all, you know, we're playing the sort of London clubs mainly, Chelsea, Tottenham. You had to beat them. And so the pressure was on from, from very early on. He knew that you had to win games. Um, and then you, obviously you, you go through the reserves. Um, and reserves football was great for me. I don't know how you found it, Kevin, but it was great for me. Combination, because playing, wasn't it? Combination. Yeah, combination. Yeah. You're playing against senior players uh, who are going to, you know, thump you and get into tackles with you. And you it's going to be physical. So mm. you, you're growing up with all that around you. And then you get into the first team. And yeah, the expectation is to win. And you very quickly realise that you've got to win. If you're in the team, you've got to play well and win. Win, win. And then if you're fortunate enough that we were, that we've got a manager in Georgia who were able to organise us, guess playing in a way that was winning, was a winning game. Uh, Georgia knew how to get us working as a team. Um, and then it becomes like a bit of an habit. habit. You know, you, you start going out each week and you, you start I think you start thinking, well, we're not going to lose this game because we've got such a solid, solid uh, team, group of players. Um, and George, you know, to be fair, I talk about George a lot in the book because we had our ups and downs and our fallouts, big fallouts with George. But, you know, he did, he did bring us success. Um, and I talk about the way that I felt that he did it. Um, uh, yeah, um, winning is is what it's about, Sophie. It's about you know when you win at a club like Arsenal, you got to win more than you're losing for sure. Um, and it's the same now. There's these guys are in no different situation. You know, the, the game might change. You might be on a little bit more money, or actually a lot more money. <laughs> but it's still, <laughs> they still got to win. Still got, win. got to win. Yeah, and it's it's the same as when we played. Um, yeah. And you've got to deal with that as a, as a person, as a player. You know, professional sport is is relentless. Um, and, yeah, I, I wanted to get across that side of it in the book because I think that was something that, for me, played a big part. Um, the, that sort of mentality to, to, to play well and to play well when things might not be going your way off, off the pitch. Um, mm-hmm. And the... The, the, the methods that you might use to do that um but yeah winning winning becomes a habit which we were lucky enough to to to, to experience yeah experience um yeah. not many not many teams can go you know sort of runs that we had you know we won one game we lost in one season didn't we was yeah. in that yeah. spot game yeah in, yeah, yeah that was my first title yeah yeah the, yeah the so 90, you know 90, not many yeah, yeah, not many people. But almost invincibles. Did. Yeah, almost invincibles. That's it. No, <laughs> One of the best many. teams. Yeah, it was fantastic, and and we used to go out knowing that we weren't losing. Yeah, you know, we wanted to win, and like often, often we get the first goal, and you know, we knew that we won. More it's, over. It's, it's, it's over. It's <laughs> over. <laughs> but yeah, to get that feeling, wow, it takes a lot of hard work. Um, some good players. There's some good players um, and, and good organisation. George, for all for all the fallouts I've had with George, and I, you know, 
you know, I go into the detail of it in the book, but he's, he, he did organise us and the talk about how he did that. Um, but my pops, who Gaddafi. didn't who didn't fall out with Jules? Yeah, yeah, no. he fell out. Well, no, I think no. it was part of his psyche, pops, wasn't it? Because Probably. he yeah. he he would he would fall out with you to see the reaction a lot of the yeah. time. Yeah, he did, was a smart did. manager. Yeah, yeah. So I I think for me to reflect back, Sophie, on all that, I think it's a good time to do this for me. Um, I've finished playing. I've gone on to. I'm still in the game. I've gone on to other things, but I can look back, and it's clearer. A lot of the stuff that I'm talking about, I can. It is clearer, rather than sort of doing it when I was at, you know, just finishing the game, or you know, even just a little while after, while I was still in the coaching. I was still toying whether to go into coaching management. Yeah, it's good to let things marinate sometimes, isn't it? There's Absolutely. a lot of twenty-year-olds that write autobiographies now, and it's like, come on. Yeah. Um, just just before we move on to the next subject, because I've got to get your take on this when we talk about winning. Uh, I I have debates a lot with folks, as does Kev, about top four versus winning a trophy. We would want to win Europa League all day long this season, rather than finishing the top four. It also gets you back into the Champions League. What is Paul Davis' take on top four versus trophy? I think I have an idea, but I want the folks at the back just to kind of hear what oh, you have to say I, you about know what? it. I really, I really thought about it. It's a top four for this season. I look, look, we've, we're doing really, really well. It's looking good. He's got, you know, he's got the players, got some really good players in. I'm really excited for it, and the fans are excited for it. More importantly, I just talk to them, and they're like, "Wow." It's so it's so up this season so far. So everything's looking good. Um, things are moving in the right direction. We're not, you know, seriously speaking, we're not going to win the league. I don't feel. Um, and then, but I feel that we will be in the top four, and I expect us to be in the top four. And I expect to win the trophy as well if, if I'm pushing it. So that that would be my expectation of this year in the top four, and to win a cup. So if you had so, to choose one pop, oh, one or the other, oh, I yes. can't choose. It's got to be one or the other. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh, no. Well, if you win the yeah, if you win the the cup, then you go into Europe, don't you? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. If 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 we do win, maybe pops will have something to do with it here, Super Kev. Um, because sliding into the Mikel Arteta conversation a little bit deeper here, and then we'll circle back at the end with some questions that will cover some of the middle bits, Paul. You were a mentor to Mikel. He's done the forward for your book. Yeah, he's kind of. Um, done. Yeah, no. Talk us through your relationship a little bit. What you've seen in him. What it means to you. Why him for the forward? Yeah. So he kindly agreed to do the forward, which I was delighted with. I met um, Mikel in his last year at Arsenal as a player. So that was 2011, uh, 2015. And I'll go into detail again in the book, but the, 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 the sort of basic um, idea was that he wanted to start his coaching journey, so to go start his badges. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I was with the PFA. I was working as a coach developer at the PFA. And um, his, his agent contacted the PFA, um, explained that he wanted to start his qualifications. Um, and because I was, you know, because I was Arsenal myself and I'm, I was local, I was in the North London area, I was connected up with him to help him on his first qualification. And that was when we first met 
And it's like, and at that stage, the qualifications started to be more one to one rather than group. classroom. Rather than group, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I was actually doing one to one sessions, or he was doing one to one sessions with me. So he'd go down to ALM, he'd um, organize the young players, 15, 14 year olds. Um, I'll contact him, he'll let me know what time to come in to ALM, or I'll give him a, a topic to do. And so I went in, he'll do a topic, and then afterwards we'd talk around it. What did, you know, why, why did you do it that way? And it's kind of, yeah, so it's a mentoring uh, thing. But listen, Nicole, <laughs> His level of knowledge at that, at that time was still on another level. You know, mm. I, I work with a lot of coaches um, that are coming out of the game. And yeah, he was just on another level. I, I wasn't, I was just supporting him, really. It's kind of mm. just get, like, like saying, like, okay, fine, that's good. Now we need to move on to this part of the, the um, qualification. So I was kind of helping. But he was, he was fantastic as a, somebody who wanted to listen and wanting to learn the course itself. Um, I think a lot of players have difficulties in doing the courses because they have to come back and kind of go back to school almost. They have to start doing some writing and uh, reading stuff. And, it, you know, you know, it's like when, you, when you're in a player... It's monotonous. You don't need yeah, to do none of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, play, you just go and play. You just do, yeah. just do your stuff. But as coach, you, you've got to get into this habit. And to be fair to him, he was... He, he was you know, and the relationship has kind of just gone on from there. I had no doubt that he was going to be a good coach back then, um, simply because he, he, you know, he knew Pep at that time. He was, he was talking, having conversations with Pep, you know. Um, yeah. So, you know, they go back a long way. So he's, it's, he's, he's just got, he's just got, you know, if you've got that kind of connection and people like that, you, you know, he, he was up at Man City, he's picked up a lot. So I, I had no doubt. And even last year when he was he was going through, they were going through a rough difficult, period. Difficult yeah, and, and fans were getting on the back. So don't, don't, no, don't, don't panic. You know, it's kind of, he's going to work it out. He's going to work this good some time. And um, we're starting to see, see that now. And even if we have a few dips this year, which we might do, lose a, f- a couple of games that we shouldn't do, you know, the fans got to just kind of just keep calm. And uh, you know, stick with him because he—he's a good guy. He just got—he's got get the experience now. Well, he knows what he's doing, and I—you know—I'm a bit biased, obviously, because I've had a hand in his, his his development, and I'm still in contact with him, and he's—he's—he's he's, he's, um, supporting me with the book. But um, no, I think we've got a good good guy there. So, Kevin and I often argue um, about whether it's the manager or the players. Uh, it's actually become a bit of a slogan, you know, Sophie, 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 it's the players, it's the players, even in the, the, the moments where maybe it looks like he's made, he had made some poor choices, um, you know, playing Jacker at left back, leaving Sambi in no man's land in midfield, little things that, you know, as a fan, you get super emotional about. And it's so funny to see him use the word emotion so often in this series because it feels like maybe with the younger players that's what you need to tap into his some of his methods um i'm thinking george graham wouldn't have done any of that so i want your take on that but also is it the players is it always the players kev says once you cross the white lines it's the responsibility of the players fans of course think the manager's culpable too what's your take on all of that 
Yeah, I, I, I kind of I agree with Kev. I think as a player, you've got to accept responsibility when you when you step on when you step on the piece. But the manager has a responsibility of organising you and the instructions and giving you some trust and, and confidence. Um, I mean, you should all you should have that anyway, trust in yourself and confidence. But a manager is an important part of of it. You know, if, if they aren't giving you the right messages or it's not clear enough or um yeah it's you're not doing you're not giving the right instructions as a team then the manager has to take a little bit of responsibility but once yeah once you're out there uh, players have got to, got to find a way um yeah i i i feel that as a player i've always felt as a player i've got you got my instructions from the manager um there was a few times i didn't agree with it but i i am a professional i've got to then go out and try and implement whatever the manager's asking me to do that's what that's what professional a professional is supposed to do um yeah ultimately it's down to the players but i, I don't think you can the, the manager just gets off of it he's got a yeah, he's, no, got, he's got to have. Uh, he's got to have. No, the, well, um... it, no, look, it's not the managers getting off with it. That's for sure. But you and I know you, you work all week for the for the Saturday. You implement certain things. You have a game plan. Every team has a game plan. Every team implements what they're going to do on the Saturday uh, when they get into the game. So once you cross the white line, there's not much more the manager can do. That's my point. That's why I say it's the players, because if the players can't implement what the manager wants, yeah, ultimately the responsibility will be the manager gets sacked if they yeah. can't do it. But because the players go out there, if the players can implement what the manager wants and they win, that that's what makes managers. Yeah, isn't it? I agree. That's what makes managers. I agree, but the other side of that, Kevin, I'm perhaps maybe edging onto Sophie now, maybe onto Sophie's side, because like some managers send you out with the wrong instructions. So mm. if um, and I've seen that they send they send the team out with the wrong strategy, the wrong game plan to win that particular game. They've got it wrong, but they've sent you out there. So you're trying to do all this stuff that the manager's doing. I've seen I've seen this a lot. Um, and you're you're going out there as a player, listen to the manager, but it's not the right, it's not the right one, it's not the right instructions to win that particular game at that on that particular day. I've seen that as well. So there are there is there is that other side to it that did that happen yeah. to you guys often? Pops. Often I could honestly me. say it's happened oh. to me, yeah. but as a player, Pops, yeah. on the pitch. Do you just keep doing what the manager wants or do you adjust? Do you say, hey, this ain't working? You know what it's like. Sometimes when we were getting done, Pops, we said, right, Rocky come in, Anders come in or Merce come in. We stay tight in midfield and we don't give nothing up. Yeah. That's what I mean. The players have to adjust on the pitch. We just stay tight for five, ten minutes and keep it like that until we get a grip of the game. Fair enough. Yeah. Managers... Because not everything's going to work. Mm. We know that. Not the opposition might adjust. The opposition might play totally different to how you expect them to play sometimes. But the players have to be able to make decisions 
on the fly sometimes on the pitch. And Arsenal haven't been good at that for, what is it, 15 years? We haven't been great at that. Yeah, no, no, that's true. Players should have the capability of, you know, making those adjustments that whatever's needed on the pitch. Um, but the other side to that, Kev, is that some managers don't allow that freedom for the players, do they? Some managers want a rigid way of playing. Um, and if, if, a, if, a, if a player does take it upon himself to change something, they're not happy. The manager's not happy. I've seen that. So, it, it, yeah. It, I, it can work I, both ways. Yeah, I get I think, that. I, I, think, I, get I think that. it is a bit both ways. But ultimately, yeah, I think, you know, strongly the players have a lot, lot a lot of say in, in, in um, our game's going to go. Yeah, attitude. Finally playing That's... alongside Paul Davis, me there, Super Kev. I like it. You, that was, that was, that was, I look like I slept with a coat hanger in my mouth now. Yeah, totally. Okay. So here's a, here's one for you. You can answer it whichever way you like because they all have an impact. But who was better for Arsenal, Wenger or Graham? Do you think they both achieved things in a similar way, done differently? What, yeah. what's your take on who's better for the club? Oh, who's better? God, these questions are both are both unbelievable. I mean, I do not admire both of them. I mean, but the way the way the way um, Arsene Wenger had that team playing, I don't know. That that beats that beats a lot of things. I think if I had to choose, or even though you know, I didn't, I wasn't part of that Invincibles. Watching them play that 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 football was well. It's, it's incredible, it's, it's wasn't it? Breathtaking, yeah. Um, but yeah, both both men. I can't. I can't. I can't that's a that's a 50, horrible 50. question. That's a 50, 50, 50, I know. 50, I know yeah. it's a horrible question, but if you had, let's say, that ninety-one team does yeah. go, I think it's a totally different narrative. I think the Wenger Graham narrative is because of the Invincibles, and of course, why wouldn't it be? We're the only club, you know, that has um, a gold. If you guys go undefeated that year, I think the conversation is a lot tighter than it's made out today because they both, I think, saved the clubs in different ways, in different eras at different times and delivered incredible football. I think because it was such champagne football when we went invincible that maybe George Graham's Arsenal gets a tad, not overlooked, but maybe for those reasons, um, not as yeah. equal. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. I do think, I do feel as though George Graham and our team does, they do get overlooked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't hear it. Well, you guys are talking to fans all the time, so you might hear it. But, I, you know, I, I feel, yeah, George Graham's teams have been slightly overlooked, I think. Well, we, never, we haven't won a European trophy since you guys played and we haven't won the League Cup since you guys played. So I think there's just, yeah. it's very easy to look at it from a, we went an invincible, invincible, which was amazing. But in Europe, really, it wasn't that great. Uh, never won the League Cup, but of course the FA Cup many, many times. I'm just saying that I think they're a little bit more equal than um, some people some people make out. Um, I have to get to some questions. We've got Paul here. Uh, for about 15 more minutes. You're good on the hour, right, Paul? You're okay? 
for another few. Yeah, for ten. Yeah, for okay. what time? You know, five five o'clock. I probably need to leave. So yeah. Okay, no problem. We'll get you out on that real quick because it is important. And you brought it up at the very beginning. Um, you're seeing what's happening in the world today. Kev talks about this a lot on our show. I'm not sure if uh, UG's got this right, but if you were the only black player at Arsenal once Viv Anderson left, um, but your work now with what you're doing at the FA and UEFA, I know you're in coaching stuff, but also this is a subject that is very important and I know it's important to you. Yeah, so, yeah, the black player bit, I suppose I was the first black player at Arsenal to establish himself, myself. After, well, so there was um, Brendan Batson before me who played, I think, about six games for Arsenal. So he's the first black player. He only played six and then moved on to West Brom. And then I came along. And so I'm really proud of that. that you know, I was one of the first ones at Arsenal. And then I was the first one to establish myself. And I don't really, I only really thought about that after I finished playing on this reflection time. Because, you know, as I said before, Kevin, when, you, when you're in it, you're just, you're just playing just the games, it. you want to yeah. win, just doing it. Yeah. And it's only afterwards, you f I look back now and I reflect and, fans come up to me and particularly black fans have come up to me and said like you know we started supporting Arsenal because you you, you. <laughs> yeah I, you. I didn't ever thought about it before and it's like it's so, it's so powerful it's such a powerful thing for anyone to say and then when you sit back and think reflect on it and you think wow that is just something else and so many black supporters have said that to me. I don't know if they kind of said that to you, Kevin, since you finished, but all the time. It's so, yeah, it's such a, a big thing that it, it's, it has to be mentioned. And so it's a big part of my book, right? And you're right, I do feel strongly about um, you know, the lack of opportunity, particularly in coaching and management, that, that that's, is still there. And I've followed it all the way through from you know, my days of finishing and, and going into coaching and now into coach development, I've watched how the landscape is and I've, I've, I've watched individual cases and I've studied it. And I, it, it, it's so frustrating what I see, what I've seen over the years. And it's been frustrating watching year after year, year after year. Um, and so I wanted to put my, my thoughts down on paper in the book um, around this area as well around this part of the game because um, it is something that the game is missing the diversity massively and you know i just know if if we can become better at this diversity stuff within the game then the game will be better for it it's just just no brainer but you know people i'll say this and people be thinking oh, what's he on about there's no issue and this and that and you know uh, I've, I've, I've studied it, I've lived it, and I've tried to put it down on, on, on paper so that people, if they want to, can read, read a little bit more about it. And if they want to, they can find out a little bit more. Maybe maybe um, we can have, continue to have debates, but debates and discussions are good, but we do need some actions in these areas. I mean, from a playing point of view, things have moved on fantastic. You know, so when I first started, I could say I was the only black player in Arsenal's team. And there weren't many of us playing in the league itself, so that's fantastic. But I have to, I can't ignore the, the management, the senior management in the game. Mm. I've, I've seen, and if you know, 
I defy anybody yeah. to name me more than a dozen. It's amazing how Gerard and Lampard could get a job in the Premier League, but Sol Campbell can't. You know, um, there's a lot of lots of questions like that yeah. and uh and you people gonna think selfie people i speak to people now kind of i still i still see people's faces like what are you talking about it's like they look at you like i just i, I don't not not you know I, people are starting to realize it i think but it's still the numbers have, are still really really bad really terrible and mm. i've looked at all the numbers in terms of senior coaches i know you know I'm sure you do as well, Kev. I don't know how you look yeah. at it. You know, we, we do look at these things and I don't and like I say, Sophie, you know, those kind of names, Gerard and Lampard, and everybody looks at that and they sort of they ask themselves the question, why how comes that? Why right. is that? And, Kev was yeah. the first black captain for Everton and think about that wasn't so long ago, you know. Exactly. Um exactly. So, so we just have to keep the narrative going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and hopefully I, I wanted to bring that out in my book, and I kind of just mm. hopefully that um, it comes through, um, and that it's it's for the better of all for all of us. Really, I think the game will just go on another level if it's more diverse. In, in, well, you, in and you talk about it in such an organic way. You know, I think that's the the key these days. Is when when we're having conversations, they seem like that, and you know. I think that's really important. You come from a place, you both come from an in, a place of experience and the game's evolved and changed, but hasn't changed across a lot of different facets. One right of the things, us. sorry, Sophie, one of the things that I, what kind of stuck out to me, because I've done some work with um, the England junior teams, mm -hmm. 17s and 18s, um, and I've been on their camps and stuff, and the amount of, mixed kids in those age groups it's like 85 90 percent in some cases or, you know black or mixed um and i i've been in those kind of uh, team meetings and i've been like the only black coach in it yeah and mm. the connection th th first of all those guys have never seen that the kids have never seen that <laughs> it was like so i was like they're like okay Wow! Yeah, because you can visibly see in their face. Like, yeah, and then as they walk, as they start finding out a bit more about you, because they don't know, you know, and they yeah. start. Someone to say, "Oh, it's Paul Davis who's played for Arsenal." So they probably Google you, and then they start looking, and then they, and then they look at they, they look they, at the pictures. Yeah, 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 they they see, wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you've had this, Kev. And they start slowly over the last next couple of days. They start grilling you. Really? Yeah, yeah they're, they're working you out first, seeing if he's if you're okay, you know, because you've got to be a decent person yeah. at full stop. Right? Yeah, whether, yeah. whether, and so they um, but this was such a a live thing for me that they started coming over, started asking about this. And so how did you deal with that? And how did you how did you cope with that? So I thought I went away. I had these conversations with these kids, and what are you thinking? Wow. That has gone another level. That's gone past football. Yeah. They're asking stuff that are, that's really meaningful. And so, if they can feel comfortable to have those discussions, it will make them feel comfortable to be, actually being there yeah. and actually performing. And that's getting the best. Of that. And I've tried to like um, relate that. I'm sure relay yeah. that to yeah. to you know to everybody, anybody that really wants to listen and then make a change. So 
yeah, it's just it's just something that I've observed, and I think it's really really powerful to 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 get out. Well, you've gone from here to here, <laughs> and um, you know, yeah. I love this picture that your publisher sh shared as well, and of course with your teammates. Um, yeah, and is, I, 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 I'm there's so much, Paul. We. Do, I'm going to do a quick fire round with you because there's a lot of listeners that want to know what you think about today's Arsenal. So we'll get you and Kev out on a quick fire. But you're no, going to don't have to... ask me. I'm okay. happy to you're going to have to you're I'm going to have to, to promise listen. to come back for part two because this we haven't even scratched the surface. So I've kind of gone here, 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 trying to grab every little bit of you, and um, and hopefully we get to have you for a second bite um, during the season. Um, that's where you say yes, no problem. So if I'd love to come back, yes, yes, so anytime, anytime. It's been, it's been, it's been, it's just, it's just been great talking, you know, to meet you. So I don't think we've met, but Kevin, obviously, I ain't seen for a little while. Oh, wow, it's yeah. great, it's great, it's great just to, to talk. I love it. Yeah, it's brilliant. Right, I'm going to get you out on these quick fire ones. Your favorite current Arsenal player? Oh man, this is supposed to be quick. Oh god, uh, favorite current. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, say uh, Saka. Saka. Okay. I was wondering if you know this guy might come into it. Do you think he's a good passer of the ball? Got to ask that yes. one. Everyone. Yes. He's been much yes. maligned by some fans. Yes. I've got to say, it's, it's taken a while to grow on me. Uh, I, 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 yeah, he's doing well. He's doing well. He took a while to grow on me. I thought he was a little bit one-paced. Um, but yeah, he's a good passer, and he's. Definitely, definitely improving, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching him play. How impressed have you been with uh, Saliba so far? Yeah, again, I, this is the first I'm seeing him play. The fans have taken to him big time. They love those songs. They're singing, "Oh, it's great." <laughs> um, yeah, no, he's done well. He's done well. He's looking solid. Uh, looks comfortable on the ball, doesn't he? So, yeah, they've they've all started off well, you know, and hopefully it continues. Um, but yeah, there's there's going to be many more challenges for these guys. Uh, mm. It's a tough, it's a tough, tough league, Kevin, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and they get found it's out tough, if they're not tough to win. It's yeah, tough to two win. or three games they've done really, really well. But it's over, it's over the period. You know, they've got mm. to really keep keep performing like they're doing now. You know, and that's what they need to do. That's the pressure they're going to be they're going to be under. How much do you hate Tottenham on a scale <laughs> of one to ten? Oh, Tottenham is. Uh, we always want to win those games. I don't know about hate. I don't really hate them. Eleven pops. Just no, say eleven. No, 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 no. I can't. I can't say. I've got to be honest. Those guys. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I'd say I'd say ten. <laughs> okay, good answer. Good answer. Will Arsenal win a trophy this season? Yes. Which one? Which one? <laughs> Which one? I'd like to uh, win the uh, Europa. Um, yeah. yeah, that'd be good. We get us back in Champions League if we don't get in Champions League in the top four, which I hope we will do anyway. Yeah. But to win the Europa, get inside the top four, that would be that would be a really successful season for me. Yeah. Jacket in or jacket out? <laughs> oh man, some of the things that he does just to just gets. Oh. Me and my partner Andrew, we just sit here just just thinking. Uh, I've got to have him in at the moment. At the moment, but that could change next week. <laughs> Does Gabriel Jesus win the Golden Boot this season? Yes. 
what, what a, what someone said to me the other day, what, what a player. It's like they said they, uh, they, he reminded them of Ian Wright in the way that he mm. scores goals and the way that he wants to score goals. I don't know how you feel about it, Kev. I think there is a little bit of that hunger, that, that, yeah, that, that movement. Bit, yeah, that movement yeah. about him, isn't it? Yeah. I didn't think about it before. And I thought, yeah, 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 I can see so, that. Pops, because we didn't see enough of him at City, really, did we? You yeah. know, we, we saw him play certain games, but we didn't see him as a number nine all the time. No, no. but really? you're right. Yeah, I, I kind of see that side of it. And like you, Kev, like, he wants to score goals. He, he, like, Kev, you, you, you score goal score. You want to score wants goals. To score. He wants, wants to score. To score. Yeah. He wants to score. He wants the to hunger score. for scoring is there. You can see it. And he's a winner. Those guys have won things, haven't they? You, you know, you know, Kev, you, when you win things, you know what it's like to win. You want yes. to do it again. These guys. The, the taste guys is there. Yeah. The taste is there. You want to win yeah. some more. They've got it. You, um, real quick, two more. Are you playing Zinchenko over Kieran Tierney? I play them both. I play him ahead of, mm. yeah, because he can play. Tini can play left back, and he can play ahead. But then that leaves out Martinelli, doesn't it? Yeah. Or, or, or do you leave yeah. out Xhaka? Or Xhaka. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he's got some things to play around with, doesn't he? I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really think about that one. There's a few combinations there that is that he can play around. So he's got some options there, hasn't he? But I would. If they're both fit and they're playing well, I'd want to play those two. Mm. I'd probably leave out Shaka. But it depends. Yeah, it all depends on who you're playing. At, at the moment, we leave it as it is. We leave it as it is. Yeah, we should. It's going all right. Yeah, it's going all right. It's going all right. We leave it as it is. And last one, Ben Ben White, overrated or underrated? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm yet to be totally convinced with Ben, really, to be honest. I think... Um, yeah, I don't think he's a, a right right back. We've been playing him right or right sided. Um, yeah, uh, he's made a few unforced mistakes recently. Uh, um, yeah, I, 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 I'll give him a few more games, but yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant. Interesting. Yes. Well, look, it's been absolutely brilliant. We're going to end it there, you guys. Paul's already Sophie, promised he's going to come back. I've got one back. thing to say if, to Paul. I've got one yes. thing to say to Pops. You're going to close us out anyway, so. Yeah, but I've got one thing to say to Pops. Pops' performance in the Cup Winners' Cup final, check it out, people. Check it out. Because first European trophy since the Fierce Cup, right? Pops and Ian Selly played centre mid in a cup winners' cup final. Check out the performance. That's all I'll say. I ain't got to say nothing more to that, Pops. Yeah, such a, well. such a, yeah those, those games are so, they're just, they're just so great to talk about. And it was a mental Both game. It was yeah, a game was. of here, not just physical, it was here because we're playing, obviously, Palmer and who they had, but how to structure. Pops, you were different. Thanks, Kev. You were different class. It's been, it's been great. It's been great to be on, guys. I really, really have enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully that um, people enjoy the read. And I wanted, I wanted it to cover so many different parts of, of my personality. And hopefully it comes through. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's an honest account of what's happened. Um, so yeah, have to get some signed copies for the squaddies. 
solve. Yes, we're going to do some giveaways. I'm working, we'll going to yeah, work we'll with Claire on that. Get you to sign them, Pops. Probably 10 books. We'll buy them, yep. get you to sign them, and then we'll... We could we could uh, do a, 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 a we could ask some questions to the squaddies and see who wins. But do you know what, pops? It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I, I know the book's going to be successful. I know it is because you know legends don't come like you do, mate. You're a, you're a, not only a, a top class human being, you're a top player and and a real real top person and a gooner. So squaddies, Paul Davis. We thank you. Thank you and I know so much, Paul. Goal, Paul. I know you've got to go and, and stuff like that. But listen, I wish you and your family well. And uh, hopefully we could get you back on uh, to, to discuss some more of Arsenal. For sure. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Paul. Take care. Bye -bye. See you soon. That is Paul Davis, Arsenal legend. Absolutely brilliant stuff from him. Uh, that game, Kev. Jeff that Gold, Palmer team. <laughs> Dancing uh, yeah. in the Copenhagen. Listen. <laughs> It was a because we were depleted, so we were really depleted. And you know, you would think to you see, yeah, John Jensen and no righty, no Martin Keown, no, no, all these. We had so many players out, no Dave Villier, Paul Davis, and Ian Selly. And Paul Davis, I'm telling you, he glued that midfield together. I'm telling you so. People were expecting us to get stuff because if you look back, someone had put up who was in that Palmer team at the time, by the way, everybody. Oh. Um, you look who Thomas was in Brolin, Aspria. Aspria, Sensini, Zola, Cripper, um, Benarivo, Sensini at the back. Crazy. I mean, all internationals. All there was about, I think there was about 10 internationals in their team. But yeah. the Arsenal, nobody, nobody likes losing. We've got, we've got to be successful, so, so. Exactly. It's so funny, isn't it, when, you know, when you've been waiting to have someone on the show for so long and then you you just want to ask everything and you try and do that. it. <laughs> and you try to do it chronologically, but then you're like, oh, my God, you go here, you go there. And he's such um, a, a, a thoughtful interviewee. Like he really marinates, and I love question, it because, he? yeah, he marinates the question and then takes his time and answers. Just yeah. like he's a player, isn't he? He's just like how he is as a that's, player. That's exactly what I was going to say. Totally, exactly like that. Um, oh, look, you're getting high marks again. You should be worried about. Oh that. no, I'm worried. I mean, no, the comments, Kev. Newman, I don't know if you're Newman, seeing me, them. Me, no, I'm not. Newman, give me four, please. <laughs> This channel produces such classy content. Thank you so much. Simply fantastic. If you want to vote for us for the Football Content Awards, um, check it out. I tweeted it today. Uh, you can vote for the Hybrid Squad. Um, we think that we bring really different content and storytelling like this. And I tell you, it's only, it can't be just one round with Pops, Kev. It's got to be part exactly part two, part three. We didn't really Wayne. touch on you know, the pictures and all that. I know. We didn't really, we didn't really touch on a lot of the the training and what goes on but i'm sure some of it a lot of it will be in his book yeah but it's always nice to get it on 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 a podcast isn't it always nice yeah. to get it straight from the horse's mouth sort, sort of thing and, definitely uh, definitely and i think a lot of the times when people talk about their book they don't want to tell you everything because of course you know they want you to go out and buy it the link is in our description by the way we are going to be giving away a few in throughout the season 
Um, we've got a major book competition coming up as well in the next two weeks, which I'll tell you about next week. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been a brilliant show and I don't have anything else to add other than I can't wait for him to come back on so we can get stuck into some of the anecdotal side of things as well. Kev outside of the bigger picture stuff that, um, that Paul touched on and talked about. He talked about that at the very beginning, Chris, you can rewind. It, it was yeah. really good. Um, that's how we started off the show. Um, he regrets it, doesn't he? Paul, he um, does. Paul regrets because, it. You know, so I'm sure because he got, a, he got, a, he got a heavy ban. I don't know if you remember. It was nine. Got, was it nine games? Nine games. He got a heavy yeah. ban and nine games out. Sophie, He's time. a long time. And then you try and play again. Did he start picking up injuries and, and stuff? It was a very, very – he's obviously going to cover it in the book. But it was a very – I remember I remember watching him so far. I watched, I, watched, I watched Paul suffer these things. And to see his focus, that's why, for me, his performance in that Cup Winners' Cup final – was incredible because somebody who would suffered really suffered because of that incident and he's got a he's got a scar on his thigh where they he, he, he I think he ruptured his thigh muscle so they had to put a big scar down his leg and go into his thigh and he had to recover from that and you know it was hard work for him but to yeah. see him come back from that and then the way he played in that Cup Winners' Cup final. So, but Kev, he had moments where there was where there was a period where he was out for a year with an injury. That's why I was saying to him, like winning, but also the adversity side of things. But when we won trophies, he may have been injured here or there, but when he played in those games, it was immense. And when he didn't, you actually saw. The difference we missed him we missed him 100 mm -hmm. we missed him because he's got so much quality i think newman mentioned it actually you know the way he is the as ballet, a player, ballet dancer yeah he's 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 so elegant at, but so so skilled at that position mm -hmm. and the best players sophie always look like they've got more time than everybody else Yep. And he always looked like he had so much time he could take, get a touch of the ball. And it never it never worked like that for me. I could tell you that much. So it, <laughs> it was never, you know, it never worked. You had probably it in the back of like, the net, though. That's probably, why. <laughs> probably because I play a different position. But, you know, the engine room and the trenches is the midfield. And the way Paul could just, his touch and the way he just passed, it was so elegant. And such a top, top guy as well, as you saw. He's just such a, you know, yeah, such a classy. credit to Arsenal. Such a classy guy. Credit to the Arsenal. You boys, though, Paul, Davis, Rocky, um, you know, Tomo, Mickey, Mickey, Mickey. I mean, you know, you your mamas did a good job on you boys, you know, and you did a good job yourselves as well. But you, you really, like, it's so, you could see when he was looking at the pictures, he was a little speechless too, like yeah. thinking... You know, he noodles on things. He can. He's taken back there. You know, it he's does. thinking about those moments. It really does, Soph. It does. Do you know, every time and every time I see those photos, I, I, 
I get in the time machine and I go back. Because mm. the feeling, you never forget those feelings. What if if you've done it with with movies, and anybody, any of the squaddies who's achieved anything with other people, and you've got photos, there's a connection between you all that you can't break. No matter where you are, what you do. You look at a photo, that photo, and that'll take you back. And that's what all these photos do. Remember the celebrations, remember the feeling, you know, the hugging of each other. Because you work so hard, everybody works to try and be successful. But yeah, there's only really one or two teams who can be successful. And when mm. we were at Arsenal, we shared a lot of success, which which is beautiful. Yeah. You know, you'll find Universal Greek had a meeting at 434. I think it's Britain's Got Talent season, whatever, next season's planning. And he cancelled it because he was way into uh, listening to the show, which we love, of course. But you're right, Kev. When I really, when it gets to the end of filming a, a movie and it's like, that's a wrap, but it's like the wrap, there's some, there's an element of, wow, you know, what an experience and sadness too, because you're never going to capture that in again. a bottle again you know it's you have to create new ones don't you you have to mm. create new things and even if you you do another f movie and it's good it will never be the same as this it will be different yeah so they're all different yeah. and uh i don't know if any any of the squaddies remember jeremy beadles about <laughs> oh god watch paul out davis, beadles about You'll you know. paul davis was on beadles about arsenal <laughs> we were on there as a squad and if you remember Beadle's about, Paul, Paul had a Porsche at the time and Beadle crushed it. <laughs> oh, my God. I think I remember you that. remember that, he, that they crushed Paul's uh, Porsche. So Perry See, goes out to run and stop, press this thing to stop it. And <laughs> he's on there. Beadle's got him because Beadle's, Jeremy Beadle's a big gooner. And... Perry's got the wig on and he's running. Run, Perry! He's telling Perry to run. <laughs> Gross. Oh, these so are the funny. little things that we didn't get into today, but yeah. um, but but we uh, we will uh, for sure. Uh, Kev, uh, brilliant stuff. Thanks so much for being part of it. It would never have been the same show without no, be you being one. here, and it was so sweet seeing him react to what you were saying to him about. You know him being a massive influence for you. I looked up uh, to Paul Davis big time. I just you know, kind of sat there like this today. It was nice. South London, me coming up in South London. You imagine, so me coming up in South London, playing football, and then Arsenal, and then a lad from South London. He's playing for the first team at seventeen. That's crazy. <sighs> I'm nine, ten years old. I can, he can do it. I can do it. My God! And then obviously you get through, and he gives you a, you know, fist bump or a touch, shakes your hand or you know, whatever. It's just like, I definitely can do it. And then you become part of the inner circle, and he's he's one of your mentors in the team. Yeah, I've lived, Sophie. I've lived the dream. I've lived such a fantastic dream i'm so blessed everybody Amazing. i'm blessed with you sophie i'm blessed with you squaddies and i'm blessed with the arsenal telling so you kev you take us out you tell the people so 
squaddies. What a show. What a podcast. Paul Davis, Arsenal and After, the book. Get it if you can. We're going to get some copies signed and we're going to... Uh, we're gonna. Sophie's gonna make sure you get some. Of you get a chance to win. But I just think Sophie's done a great job making sure Paul Davis securing Paul Davis to come on for an exclusive. And um, can't thank Sophie enough. And I thank you, squaddies, for joining us. And for those who join us after who couldn't watch the the show, enjoy it. And don't forget, salute and hit the like button. Love it and at. Ease squaddies. We love you and take good care. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. The Highbury Squad is powered by Zenith Coins. Support the future, treasure the past. Official licensed partner of the Arsenal Football Club. Follow at Zenith Coins across all social platforms.